You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Charity's upcoming season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 336. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. We have one of my favorite guests on, Susanna Summers, who is Bachelor Data and Pop Culture Data on Instagram. We're talking Love is Blind. We're talking Bachelor. We're talking a funny Breaking Bad story that happened to her personally. And we will get to all that momentarily. So before we get started, just wanted to remind you, as if you haven't been listening to the Daily Roundup this week, Coming Out for Love, the first U.S. lesbian dating competition show, is being re-released on their own website. It's on comingoutforlove.com. To watch it, it starts next Friday. They're going to play the first episode again. Some of you have probably already seen it, but then every Friday for the subsequent 15 weeks, it's a 16-week show. So it's going to end August 18th, I believe. It's on comingoutforlove.com. You go to the top right-hand corner, just click bundles because you have to purchase it to watch it. You can use my code, Reality Steve promo code, for 15% off any of the bundles that you choose. Even the lowest bundle on there gets you the whole season. It's as you upgrade the packages, you just get added on it, added bonuses onto the package of 16 episodes so the smallest bundle is $19.99 so you get $3 off 15% off use promo code reality steve go to comingoutforlove.com go to bundles pick whatever bundle you want and use promo code reality steve for 15% off I've seen the first two episodes I'm going to see the next two episodes coming up shortly very very well put together show I think you're really going to enjoy it and like I said it's the first of its kind first U.S. lesbian dating competition show, and it's not one of these where they explore. This isn't Tila Tequila. This isn't VH1 stuff. This is real serious um, women, queer women. There are some queer women. There are lesbians. Um, there are bisexual women. It's it's runs the spectrum. So that's also interesting uh, among everything else. One of the suitors for Amber Whittington, who is the quote-unquote, they call her the key master. She's the woman that is being pursued by all the other women. One of the women in the group is Amber's best friend. So we see how that goes. And the whole thing is very interesting. We're going to start hearing some interviews from them. The host, Jessica Clark, I believe is going to be a, the podcast guest on podcast number 337 next week. So look out for that because it'll premiere the next day. So again, I wouldn't promote this show if I didn't believe in it and I didn't think that you guys would enjoy it. And um, I really hope you do. I know, you know, like I said, you have to purchase it. It's not free. But for 16 episodes, if you get the smallest bundle, which is 20 bucks, you're basically a little over a dollar an episode. I mean, it's not it's it's I've never uh, it's not asking too much, but I understand if you don't want to do it. But I'm telling you, it's a good show. I would if I were you. I would invest your time in it. The Daily Roundup is up, and you can check that out on your feed. 
also the Sports Daily, if you're interested in that. Some great NBA talk from last night. Two great games. And uh, just a, a lot of NBA talk in today's Sports Daily. But not much going on in the uh, in terms of charity season. Nothing new to report there. Two of your final three are Doton and Aaron because a video was taken down in Fiji and it was posted either it was either Reddit or an Instagram account. I don't know who posted it first. I was notified of it and it's clearly Aaron in Fiji and it's clearly Doton in Fiji. So they're both there. So we know two of the final three and the other one is either Xavier or Joey. The other thing is a couple pregnancies that happened in the last couple days. Two days ago, Becca Martinez announced she is pregnant with her third child. And then yesterday, Becca Kufrin announced her and Thomas Jacobs having their first child. So congratulations to those women. So I just want to uh, get started because Bachelor Data has a lot to go over. We talk a little bit about Love is Blind. We talk about how she is dedicating a little more time to other shows now because you know, Bachelor Data was pretty much just covering Bachelor stuff, and that's what it does. So she started Pop Culture Data, and that's going to start covering other shows. She has spent a lot of time going over Love is Blind numbers because we know their finale was a couple weeks ago, and we talk a little bit about the show and my experience with the show and my thoughts on the show, and I don't know very much, as you know. But she's a fan of the show. She watches it, and then she covers it. And the amount of followers these people get, how they are competing, their social media platform is so much better than The Bachelor's, how the contestants on this show get more followers than The Bachelor now, and it's really not even close. So very good talk with Susanna. And, you know, I always love having Susanna on because I remember the first time I had her on. We always talk about this. She had like 9,900 followers, and now... She's at 132,000 followers. Pop Culture Data is at about 20,000 followers as that starts to get built up because she just really started putting a lot more time into it and um, you know covering other shows, whether it's the Oscars or the Kardashians or Selling Sunset. But definitely you can go to her Pop Culture Data Instagram account and look at the amount of stuff she did for Love is Blind. Her graphics are great. Her videos are great. Just I love to see success rewarded to people who put in the work and Susanna's definitely put in the work uh you can see by the amount of time she's dedicated to these two Instagram pages the amount of videos that she puts out the content she puts out is outstanding very easy stuff to read and I just like seeing people who work hard get rewarded and she's definitely one that has so I hope you enjoy the conversation um with her all right, let's get started. Podcast number 336. All right, let's bring her in. Uh, she's the creator of Bachelor Data on Instagram. She is a multiple-time guest on this podcast. It is Susanna Summers. Susanna, how are you? Hey, thanks for having me back. I'm doing so much better than the last time that I was on this podcast, especially with my health. So I'm really excited to talk to you about all things Bachelor, Love is Blind, and this whole new reality tv data empire that's happening well yeah the thing i wanted to mention to you is you know we we know you as bachelor data but since we last had you on you have started a new instagram account called pop culture data so how long ago did you start that what made you want to start yet another instagram page <laughs> and and tell everyone what it covers 
Yeah, so I started pop culture data, gosh, I think it was almost a year and a half ago, but I hardly used it. Um, and the goal there was, I mean, I've been tracking data on reality TV shows for the longest time. I mean, now that Love is Blind just had its fourth season, it aired back in 2020. And I actually was tracking data, not every single day, but I was tracking data on the contestants way back then. So now with all of these new TV shows coming out and with so many people reaching out to me being like, please cover this show, please cover Vanderpump Rules, etc. I decided to start to expand like the reality TV uh, data analysis space. Well, is now how many different shows are you going to cover? Obviously, I know Love is Blind is the big one that's getting a lot of attention recently because it just ended. How many other shows are you going to cover on it? I don't know. <laughs> so it is, it's a ton of work and most people don't realize, I think the hardest part is, and I was complaining, not complaining. I was ranting to my Instagram subscribers the other day because I was working on a post on uh, total hours viewed of love is blind and the data all the way back to season two that Netflix actually puts out. And I'd spent 30 hours or 30 minutes collecting the data, 40 minutes putting the graphic together. And then I was stuck at like two hours of literally just trying to figure out the colors to make it right. And all of that work just for somebody to scroll by and look at it for 10, 15 seconds. So it's, it's a lot more work than people realize, but especially starting up a new show, but I am expanding my team again. So I'm going to be adding on a second person here in Denver to help me with some of the Netflix shows and then possibly um, moving into maybe like Vanderpump Rules, Bravo, all that space. So it's it's definitely going to be a lot of work, but I'm so excited because there's so many people interested in this data. I mean, there's uh, yeah, there's so many shows. I, I you know I wouldn't even know where to begin if I were you. Obviously, you want to go to shows that are part of the pop culture zeitgeist. Is that the word zeit zeitgeist? That the ones that people are talking about. Like you don't you know. I mean, I. Every show has got its own niche audience, but you want to find a niche audience that's, you know, somewhat big, like uh, the Love is Blind thing. So it, it kind of brings me to this. Is it – I know you were a reality show fan before you started any of all this, any of this. Can you still enjoy these shows when you're watching them when your job is to accumulate data during them? Or is it is it harder to enjoy it because you're just looking for – other things or you don't have to worry about that because it's all done by a computer you know it's so funny because nobody's asked me this but i was thinking about it the other day when i was like on a walk and i've been getting really frustrated with different things and it's i've tried really hard to compartmentalize um you know like i love the bachelor the bachelor will always be my baby i will always love this show and it has its problems and lord do we know that like you know, I've talked a lot about diversity issues, the show's getting so stale, the fact that an account like myself can pull up data on every single date and show that how repetitive it, how repetitive it is and figure out how production is choosing people to go on different dates. As fun as that is from a data standpoint, like it's also getting really stale. And then you have like, I went on Jason Tardick's podcast and we were talking about like how tv shows reality tv shows in particular treat their contestants um and i was like yeah you know you hear all these people come off of netflix shows and they're not bad mouthing it like the bachelor is and then literally like three four hours after we recorded yeah you know danielle and nick come out with their stories about how they tried to leave for their mental health and they were being threatened 
uh, $50,000 fine if they left, which any normal person before they become famous and get these brand deals, which, you know, Love is Blind is shot one year, sometimes two, three years, uh, two, two plus years before. Um, these people don't have that type of money to just walk away from a show. And, you know, so these types of things happen and it's really hard at times, like mentally to be covering the show and love it, but then also, you know, start to hear about some of the atrocities that happen behind the scenes. So for me, it's more, um, I struggle more when I'm just like, it's becoming inevitable as my account gets bigger and people reach out to me or people are sharing stories publicly about their mistreatment. Um, you know, I think that's where I really struggle. I mean, I, even before I started covering Bachelor, I used to leave like old seasons on just like running in my house when I was like cooking or, you know, like cleaning the house. So I love the shows. I'm never going to get tired of watching them. But I think for me, that dissonance really comes from learning more and more about the ethics of stuff behind the scenes. But that's where I also hope that my account can, you know, be a place of advocacy for, you know, mental health, especially. I know last time I was on this podcast, I, after we hung up, I think I messaged you or I messaged my mom and I was like, oh my God, I was so negative. And I was in such a bad mental space after my knee surgery. If anybody didn't tune in, I had ACL surgery and it was probably one of the hardest things I've gone through in my life, which luckily I've had a pretty trauma-free life. But um, now, like, especially experiencing depression, everything for the first time, like I, hearing about mental health, like that's become such a big thing for me this year. Yeah. Um, they had reached out to me. I, obviously they made, they kind of made the rounds. They've been on a lot of shows. Dave covered them. They had sent me an email. Do you want to put these people on your, your podcast? And I was just at a point where it's not that I'm against it. I just know nothing about love is blind. I couldn't offer anything. And I knew that they were going to talk to other outlets. So I have no problem. Um, you and know, I can vouch right. for you because for anybody listening, yeah. Steve messaged me one day and was like, how does, how does love is blind work? Like it was literally a few weeks ago. Yeah. You're like, I have no idea how this TV show works. And I literally, I think I had to send you like five minutes of voice memos to explain the whole premise <laughs> of the show. And then you messaged me back and you were like, the show's so stupid. Why do people watch this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and it's not, it's not like I didn't put them on because I didn't, um, uh, cause I didn't like the show. It's just like, I don't have anything. You're not to an add. expert. Yeah. I only, yeah. I only like talking to people where I feel like an, I can add to the conversation or I've watched the show that they're on. That's why I've really never had a housewife on outside of one of the real housewives of Dallas. Cause I was watching that at the time, but I just don't like talking about, having guests on where the only way I can conduct an interview with them is to just do a Google search. And yes, I could find out stuff yeah. about people on a Google search, but the, the conversation, it's very flow, different. yeah, it, the conversation flow just does not happen. If you don't know the show and you don't watch it and haven't watched numerous seasons of it, it just doesn't yeah. for me. And I trust me, I know there are other people out there in the podcast world that will do that and do have people on and that's and that's fine that's how they choose to do it for me i only like having people on that i have a familiarity with because i've seen their show you know i, I just yeah a thousand I, percent and you know then and, and the same thing with love is one it's exactly what happened i got that email i sent it to you i'm like how does this show work and you know and then i i kind of knew that they weren't just coming to me i figured they were putting it out there to a lot of the podcast to get their story out and they did, and it's important stuff. I just don't think I could have added anything. And the fact that it's out there and other people have heard it, like, great. That's exactly the message that needs to get out. 
Yeah, totally. And uh, just to clarify, I don't think you call the show stupid. I think you were just like, I don't understand the premise and why people like this. And I was like, well, it's a, you know, it's like a different twist on dating and it has like a gimmick that makes it really different, you know? And for me, I've been watching Love is Blind since it came out. Like that was one of the few shows I was able to watch when I was so swamped. I was working as a K-12 tech director when the world shut down. So I hardly got to watch any TV. I actually didn't even watch uh, Listen to Your Heart. It's the first Bachelor show I actually never watched. Um, and that's why I don't cover Listen to Your Heart. And the same, you know, what you're just saying now, like uh, people have asked me to talk about it or include the couples. And I'm like, I'm not an expert and I don't know all the intricacies of like what happened. And that's why like I'm expanding my team to somebody else to come on because, you know, like all this stuff that's happening with Vanderpump Rules and the whole Bravo universe, like I've never watched it. And then I tried to go back and watch season one. And I was like, I have literal weeks of work just like watching this show and then having to do all the research into all the drama that happened off air, um, <clears throat> you know, what contestants have said and everything. You know, it's one of those things that people don't realize when you become a content creator and you cover a show you're expected to be an expert in everything that has happened. And it's even the small things about contestants who made comments under a certain Instagram post shading somebody else. Like it's, it's so complex. And that's why, like, I think at this point, I've really realized like, I can't, I'm not a one man team anymore. I can't do this all by myself. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's talk a little about Love is Blind. Um, you know, when I did watch it, I told you, okay, I'm just going to watch the first episode because I want to get an idea of what it is. And I want to watch the first episode of this past season, season four, and I did. But I do understand that the only the first few episodes are in the pods. And that's yeah. the part that bored me. I thought, I just said, this is boring. I don't want to watch two people talk. It's just yeah. through a wall. It's I go, and I, and I think they're over-exaggerating how they're feeling about somebody that they've never even seen Physically, as evidenced by when what's her face, Irina ended up meeting her guy. Uh, I forget his name already, but she yeah. met she met him and she was totally turned off. But yet, when she's talking to him, like, oh my god, this is my guy. It's just it was a bit much. But I do know now that the other shows, you know, they 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 do that. They get engaged to somebody they've never seen physically. Whatever. I think that's silly. Just as silly as The Bachelor <laughs> is getting engaged to somebody that you've known for seven weeks that you could barely spend any time with. It's all silliness. I, and then they do everything backwards. Then they go on their honeymoon. Then they move in together. So I get that yeah. these people all hang out. They go to Mexico for a trip together. Then they decide to say, so I get that. I just haven't gotten to that part in the show. So maybe I will like it. But the first episode, the pod episodes to me are are just boring. But a lot of fans came to me and said, Steve, yeah, exactly. I'm a huge fan of the show. I think the pod episodes are boring, too. And it's it's very, you know, shallow and superficial. And yes, they exaggerate their feelings because. How can you feel that strongly about somebody? There's got to be a physical connection. You have nothing. You have nothing to go off of in that. So I get it. But they yeah. are, they're a huge show. So I understand that. And it's definitely a show that makes sense for you to cover. Now, one of the things that you said, I think it was on Jason's podcast, was you said that Netflix now, they aren't competing with Bachelor or network television they're competing with TikTok. So explain what you mean by that. Yeah, so this is something that's been really interesting, not only in the reality TV space, but also just TV space in general. So this isn't like a Bachelor conversation or anything like that. Um, so if you break it down this way, so let's let's all, as people, just think about our typical day. 
So our typical day is 24 hours and we have anywhere from six to eight, maybe plus eight hours of sleep. If you have more than eight hours of sleep, I'm so jealous of you. Um, and then most people, children, adults have some type of school or work that they have to go to plus eating, plus commuting, et cetera. So as you're seeing, the number of hours in our day dwindles as we think about different things that happen. There's only a limited amount of time in a person's day that they can commit to entertainment. And that can also be with their partner. So when I when you think of, okay, well, you have time that you work, you have time that you spend with your family, your boyfriend, your friends, et cetera. Uh, like my boyfriend and I, we love watching TV. We're watching Yellowstone right now. We're watching Better Call Saul. Um, we do that together, but there's only so many hours in a day that's dedicated to entertainment. With the rise in TikTok, so if you look at the data, there's this really cool website called Cloudflare that puts out the number of uh, domain hits that a website or app has. So how many times Google is visited globally every quarter, and then even down to like Netflix, Amazon, TikTok, Instagram, even WhatsApp. Um, and at the end of 2020, in the fourth quarter of the year, TikTok had already passed Instagram in terms of the most domain hits in a year. So the most visited website or app in the year. And then by the end of 2021, TikTok passed every single website and app, and app in the entire world. So TikTok is being visited more than Netflix, more than YouTube, more than Google. Like it is wild and so much so that the conversation has even turned to uh, younger generations are starting to use TikTok to search for information instead of Google. So when you have an app that is being visited more than any other app in the world, Netflix now, they're not worried about The Bachelor and they shouldn't be. And I'm going to talk in a second too about um you know, some of the streaming data that we have on approximately how many people watch um, Love is Blind. But when there's only so many hours in a day, like Bachelor isn't competing with Netflix anymore. I mean, they 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 are, but Netflix, it's like a one one-sided rivalry. Like Netflix doesn't care about Bachelor anymore. They care about keeping people on, on TikTok. Now what Netflix has done right since the beginning especially since they've launched a ton of reality TV shows, is that they've embraced TikTok so quickly. Whereas Bachelor just started to embrace TikTok the last two seasons. Um, so Netflix contestants, they start making content on TikTok pretty quickly. I see so many Netflix ads for reality TV shows uh, on TikTok, whereas Bachelor has just started running ads on TikTok in recent seasons. Um, so long story short, Netflix, when they're creating their content, they're trying to keep this younger generation. And I think we can also see it in how they structure their TV shows. Bachelor is a two-hour TV show. People don't have that type of attention span anymore, especially people who use TikTok. Netflix shows are about an hour. So it, it keeps people hooked, but it's not a huge commitment every week to watch. Well, one of the other things that um, is happening next season uh, that was announced by The Bachelorette is that charity season, which begins on June 26th, is being pushed back an hour, and it's going to start airing at 9, 8 central. So if you're in the East Coast, Mountain Time, or West Coast, 
It's not going to start till 9 o'clock for you. Only Central, we get it at 8, but we used to get it at 7, so it's going to air 8 to 10 out here now. But you've said the media has missed one major part about The Bachelor being pushed back an hour, and what is that? Well, so first things first, on that topic, and I can confirm because I have confirmed it with somebody who has the authority to say this, um, Charity Season will still be two-hour episodes, but the biggest thing that the media has missed and I feel like every single account, nobody's talking about this, is who replaced that first hour segment. And it's the TV show Claim to Fame, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but what everyone is missing is who's an executive producer on Claim to Fame. When you dig into it, the, an executive producer for Claim, or one of the, the higher ups for Claim to Fame is the creator of Love is Blind. So now Bachelor is not only competing on a one-sided, uh, rivalry with Netflix, but somebody who created their biggest rival right now is taking their first hour's spot on the lineup, mm. which I find really interesting. Um, you know, clearly he's making great content. I, I looked into his IMDb. His name is Chris Polian. I have no idea how to pronounce it because I've never seen this guy or a video of him being interviewed. I've only found a few Entertainment Weekly inter like written interviews about him. Um, but I looked into his past and he worked as a producer on Married at First Sight, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, so this guy, I mean, he's, he's got some, some, oh, he's also worked on a, some other stuff. He worked on Perfect Match, I think as well. Um, and some other, uh, How to Look Good Naked. Uh, I don't know so he's, show. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of it, but he's definitely, he's worked on some different things. He's an executive producer on The Ultimatum. Yeah, he's been on Married at. He's a executive producer on Married at First Sight, um, and he has some experience back to the 2010s. So he's worked on a ton of stuff that like most people haven't heard of, except for Married at First Sight. Oh no! Wait, Reality Steve. <laughs> wasn't Secret? Wasn't Secret Millionaire the show that came out before Bachelor? What was the name of that, that show? No, that was Fleiss's Who Wants to Be Who Wants to Marry a Millionaire. Oh, okay, because this guy worked on something that was called Secret Millionaire. Hmm. Um, I, I remember the title. I don't remember the premise. Do but very the, interesting. I'm looking back on his little IMDb. He worked on a Jessica Simpson, The Price of Beauty. <laughs> so I wonder oh. if that's uh, where he met uh, Nick Lachey. <laughs> very possible. Um, Nick Lachey and Vanessa the married couple who are getting so much shit for hosting that reunion show that people are literally filing petitions to have them removed as hosts of love is blind. Probably not going to happen, but, um, I have so many thoughts on this. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so, so yeah, go for the, I didn't watch the reunion show, but I've heard all about it. I like, you know, like when, when we talked about love is blind and I said, I'm going to give the first episode a chance. I went in already looking at ahead to, all right, who are the couples that I know end up together? And I looked at your chart that you had put up, and I was just like, okay, so these two get engaged, but they have broken up since, and now she is now dating and engaged to or living with uh, the new guy. So I knew going in, which is something I never do, but when I watched that, I, I needed to do that. But I still I, I have not watched the reunion show. I've read all about it, and I've like I said, I've heard this petition that people just hated what – Nick and Vanessa did on the reunion show, how they conducted themselves. So go ahead. What are your thoughts uh, on how things went down at the reunion? 
Okay, so let me just preface with, I am not a fan of how Vanessa hosted. Uh, first things first, she was hounding people with baby questions, which as somebody who's 32 and doesn't have a kid yet, I can attest to, it's just really annoying to be asked that, but also yeah. the insensitivity of being asked, like, when are you going to have kids and stuff like that to married couples, like the insensitivity in 2023 to ask that, knowing now that how many, what percentage of women deal with infertility and miscarriage and everything. I'm not going to get into that because I know it's a difficult topic for people. Um, she, you know, hounded people with those baby questions. And then she also clearly showed bias towards the non-fan favorites. So she was hyping up um, Jackie, who broke up with the fan favorite this season, who was Justin Glaze from Katie's season, his cousin. Marshall, yeah. Um, so yeah, there was some biased hosting and it was not great. And obviously, like, I also try to think again, mental health. I try to think from all of those perspectives. There was the hour and a half delay. People were really pissed online about how delayed it was. Um, so, and it was their first time doing a live reunion. Editing does wonders for hosts. Um, and not everybody is used to hosting a live show. Um, it's not easy and it's hard to like get that content out of people in a short amount of time. But what I find most interesting is how many people are just enraged right now and creating all of these petitions when like Nick Lachey in what was it? March of 2022, like he assaulted a paparazzi, um, and was charged with assault and battery and was ordered to go to anger management. Like, where was this rage back then? And also Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, like, he's been ordered to attend anger management classes and Alcoholics Anonymous meetings after accosting a paparazzi. Um, like, where was this rage for, like, asking Nick, Nick Lachey to, like, step down after this type of stuff? You know, where, like, I, I personally, like, am I happy with Vanessa's hosting? Absolutely not. Like, I think that there are way better hosts out there that we could bring in. Uh, but I'm just so, I, I mean, it, it was, I think it was personally coupled with everybody being really pissed that they couldn't watch the reunion. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, regardless, they've already shot, I think three or four seasons. So they filmed this show a year before it airs and they filmed two seasons back to back. Um, so seasons uh, three and four or two and three, they were filmed like back to back months last year. So um season three finished filming and then they started filming season four the next week um so regardless if we don't like nick or vanessa lachey we're still gonna see them on our screens but i think when it comes down to it the hosts really don't matter for any of these tv shows until the reunion type episodes so on the bachelor we would only see chris harrison at the tell-all episodes uh night one like you know welcoming the person to the mansion and then at the finale. So the hosts are pretty irrelevant, but it doesn't mean that they that we shouldn't be critical of them. But I just think, like, regardless of what people want right now with Nick and Bl Vanessa Lachey, we're still going to see them because they can't go back and refilm these seasons that have all filmed already. Well, I'm guessing they're filming season five or maybe it's six already of Love is Blind because I got an email two weeks ago of somebody who was down at a Mexico resort and said, I've got photos and videos of next season's couples do you want them i'm like 
sure, I'll take them, but I don't know anything about it. We're not going to know who these people are. And um, I think they want to. Yeah, no, five, five already filmed last year um, or earlier this year. So that one airs this fall. So this must be six that Um, they were seen filming. I think it's de- it's uh, season eight because right now eight? they're casting and filming uh, Denver right now. That's season eight. Yeah. No, they, they said they two weeks ago they said they were in Mexico and Love Is Blind's Mexico episode was being filmed. So what season would that be? So hold on, let me pull up my success rates data because that's when I have the filming dates for uh, Love Is Blind. Because the so first season of Love Is Blind that filmed in 2018, but then the pandemic hit and everything, so that one didn't air till 2020. But season two, um, the pod proposal date. So luckily, I actually get I, I've gotten enough people to respond to me um, from each season that I've been able to figure out what was the proposal date and the wedding date for each season, so we can figure out the exact filming timeline. So season two filmed May of 2021. And then it aired February of 2022. Then, oh, remember how I said back-to-back seasons? Season three filmed literally the next month. So the proposal date for season two was May 7th. The proposal date for season three, so that's like Alexa and Brennan, Colleen and Matt, Raven and SK, that season. The proposal date was literally the next month, June 16th, 2021. And then the wedding was July 16th, 2021. So that season... The one that filmed in June of 2021 aired um, October 2022. And then the most recent season that we just saw air this last month, it was filmed back in April of 2022. So the next season was filmed. uh, So season five was filmed May of 2022 or June. And then um, there's a break. So we probably season six and seven filmed back to back which, yeah, I need to figure out those dates before I say them on here. But um, it's either seven or eight that people are seeing in Mexico right now. You mean six or seven? Because you said eight is Denver and they're casting for it. Yeah, they were casting a month or two ago. So they could possibly be filming it already. I oh. need to, I need to, actually, this would be a great post to do a timeline on this. <laughs> yeah, April, April 12th, I got an email from somebody that said, I'm in Punta Cana with all the Love is Blind final couples. They are filming at TRS Turquesa. I have photos if you're interested. And then I went back and forth. I'm like, well, I don't really watch the show. I've, I was like, what season is this? This is before I knew anything about Love is Blind. And then. But yeah, they wanted money, and I'm like, I'm not paying for this. Go sell them to somewhere else. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the Love Is Blind thing is, uh, you know, again, what a lot of people love to do, and obviously one of the biggest things that you do is track how the audience is receptive to these contestants. We all know, back in the day, all it took for you was just to get to the final four on The Bachelor, and you were getting seven hundred fifty thousand to a million followers. Now it's not even close. I mean, that it has dropped off significantly. Mm-hmm. Do the comparison between lo- what is the what are these Love Is Blind couples getting to uh, in Instagram followers versus Bachelor, and, and show the difference there. Yeah. So if you've been listening to Steve's podcast, you've probably heard me talk about this. And if you haven't, if you're new to his podcast, if you go to my Bachelor data account, I have a video pinned to the top of my feed that really dives into this whole like decline in Instagram follower counts. Um, Because the bigger problem here is not like TV shows are becoming 
less relevant. Like that is a factor, but the bigger thing here is that season after season, um, every single TV show, people are getting less and less followers on Instagram. And that's mainly because of the rise in TikTok. And again, that thing I was talking about with people only having so many hours in a day, you know, by the fourth quarter of 2021, when TikTok took that number one spot, Instagram wasn't even in the top 10 list anymore. Um, so people aren't using Instagram nearly as much as they used to back before the pandemic. So the first season of Love is Blind dropped during the pandemic. So if we compare that, the closest thing we can compare to, um, season one premiered uh, February when the pandemic hit. So if we look instead at Peter's season, for example, because um, that aired January of 2020, um, the top couple or the top five people um, on Love is Blind season one, these follower accounts are crazy. The number one most followed person the day after the finale or the night of the finale had almost 2.5 million followers. Um, the second place person had 1.9 million followers. The third place person had 1.8, almost 1.9 million followers, and then 1.3 million followers and 1.2 million followers. Now, if we look at Peter's season, the night of the finale, Peter had one, almost 1.2 million followers. He never hit it. He got very close to it. Um, but the only people who had more than a million followers were Hannah Ann, who had 1.3 million followers, which also important to note before she went on the show, he, she already had six, uh, five figure follower counts. Um, and then Maddie Pruitt, she had the night of the, or yeah, the night of the finale, she had 1.9 million followers and she continued to gain after the show. Yeah. So Netflix, not only did a contestant pass 2.2 million followers, but we had five people with over a million followers. Um, and then if you look at season two, so this is where things get interesting. I like to compare timelines here. Um, and I won't get too into the numbers, but season two of Love is Blind uh, premiered February of 2022. So that was uh, Clayton's season was 2022, right? Yeah, because this season was Zach, yeah. Yeah, so if we compare uh, the finale of season two versus Clayton's, this is where things get really funny. So season two, um, the night of the finale, three people, nobody had over a million followers. It took about a week to get there for Love is Blind season two. But Deep D had 709,000 followers. Natalie had 611,000 followers. And Ayana had 400. 99,000 followers. If we look at the most followed people from Clayton's season, it was Gabby Wendy, who became The Bachelorette. She had 157,000 followers. So that's like a, a fifth yeah. of what Deep you know, Love is Blind had. And then uh, Clayton had 218,000 followers. <laughs> so and also Susie had 193,000. And then I think Rachel, uh, Rachel had less than Gabby. She had 126,000 followers, but gained pretty quickly after the finale. So it's, you know, Netflix definitely gets more followers. You know, now we look at season four, the night of the finale, we had 428,000 followers, 424,000 followers. Um, but now they're all a bunch of them are at over five, 600,000 followers because 
um, Netflix shows continue to be relevant longer than The Bachelor, um, but they're also available globally. Whereas I was going to say, they're is- international shows, right? The pe- every, every other country can watch these shows the same time the U.S. is watching it, where it's not the case for Bachelor and Bachelorette, right? Exactly. Like I, I'm the best example of this. My, my, the majority of my family lives in Brazil and it's always hilarious to just try to explain, even to my cousins that are close to me in age, they don't have the bachelor in Brazil and they've even tried to go watch it. And there's no way for them to watch it legally. Like they've had to use a VPN to VPN to a Canada streaming service to watch the bachelor because it's really difficult to you know use a vpn to get into like youtube tv or um like even if you want to try abc's website um so whereas i i have a teenage cousin who watches netflix shows and gossip girl and she can watch all of that legally on netflix in brazil yeah i mean it's we all know the numbers uh, are dwindling I don't know if this means The Bachelor goes to streaming at some point and releases all their episodes at once or does it in kind of five-episode bunches like Netflix does. We don't know uh, where they're headed. We just know what the next season is, and we know that Bachelor at begins June 26th. They pushed it back an hour, still a two-hour show. We know there's going to be uh, at least one less episode this season because of just following along and only having five episodes before hometowns this year when there's usually seven, but we don't know how the episodes are going to air. So we'll see how it plays out. We know that paradise is still filming in June. So that'll air after bachelorette. And then it's just, again, come 2024 or come September of this year. If bachelor starts filming again in its normal time slot, then we know, well, we're probably going to have the same exact thing next year. It's going to start airing in January and go through March. And we're going to be in the, in the same cycle, but we won't know until the next uh, iteration of Bachelor starts filming, which should be um, in September. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see how uh, it plays out. Um, The other thing that I was kind of looking at with these numbers and uh, Love is Blind and Love Island, I say, you know, there's so many many shows, and I don't envy you at all to determine which ones uh, that you want to cover. You know, for me... You know, I like the idols and survivors that have been around forever. I don't see you going that route just because their popularity has dwindled as well. But there are other people, and I told you about this the other day. We didn't even know this until I didn't even know that there was a website or an Instagram account called Survivor Fact Checker out there. And someone told me about it because I was talking about it on my daily roundup. And they kind of do the same thing. They count how many confessionals each contestant gets every episode. And is that a determining factor in well if somebody's getting so many confessionals that means the editors want you to see their face get used to them enjoy their storyline all this stuff does it mean they end up winning and survivor fact checker has only been around since 2021 but you know we went to their very first post and it said they were such a fan of yours you inspired them to start their account so that's cool they've never reached out to you though right yeah, they haven't. Um, and nobody's actually sent me their page either. I, there's another account that covers Big Brother that, I mean, I, I don't promote their page on mine because they straight up like rip my designs, like down to the placement of different things, <laughs> um, which I'm totally fine with people taking inspiration. But it's just it's 
it's kind of annoying when people don't like cite it. Like this morning, people are just like straight up downloading my content to post on their business pages. And it's like, I, I put hours of work into that. Like ask before you post. You oh, know? trust me. I'm well, well aware of <laughs> people stealing content. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at least they acknowledged you in their first post. Yeah. And they said it was, I was inspired by what Bachelor Data does. I want to do it for Survivor. And they do. They yeah, that's do Survivor account. There is pretty cool. Like they've taken their own twist on it, which is really cool to see. Um, especially because I've, I mean, I've watched Big Brother, so like, and I've, I've tried, tried Survivor. I want to like that show so much, but I lose my, I like my tension drifts so quickly when I watch it. I just, I need to sit down with somebody who's like a diehard and like really like watch a good season to get into it. But their, their account's pretty cool. The, the thing that I think a lot of these accounts struggle with is something that, um, my boyfriend actually connected for me, um, like a two years ago now. Um, and we were talking about, which also, I don't think I've ever told you about this. You had a contestant from Desiree Hartsock season on your podcast who worked for pro football focus. Yeah. And no, we talked about it. Mike one of Renner. Yeah. One of my favorite podcasts you've done. And then I started bachelor data a few months ago. Um, but we were talking, we were at like a Celtics game or something like that. And I, I've gotten really interested into sports data analysis, not because, I mean, to be 100% honest, most sports don't hold my attention. Basketball is the only thing that, like, I enjoy watching. Um, but the whole empire of sports analysis and what really made me start creating video content on my data was my boyfriend and I talking about how sports data is nothing without sports talk shows and without commentators. Yeah. Because I was I was so interested. I was like, there's no way these commentators, like even looking at like Jordan Rogers when he's, you know, doing his his thing with football and everything, there's no way these people know these stats. Like they're being fed by these, you know, data analysts who have all the data and anticipate different things. And I think that's what really helped my account grow was it was mainly during Bachelor in Paradise um, two, two seasons ago. So season seven, when there was the whole Brendan and Piper thing. That's when I started to realize that the data is nothing without like some type of video aspect to it. Because, you know, first off, people don't they don't read like they especially captions. I don't put any effort into my captions unless it's something that's really complex that I know people are going to have a zillion questions about, you know, why did I include these couples? What was the filming timeline, et cetera. People just don't read, but they do listen. Um, so oh, yeah. videos are much more relevant. So, you know, it's, it's added to be 100% honest, it's added a crap ton of work to my plate because, you know, like I said, a post will take me anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour to put together, but then I have to write a transcript, uh, do my hair and makeup, which I hate doing now that I've left working, you know, nine to five job, um, do my hair and makeup, which takes a while. And then, you know, set up my recording, make the video, cut the video, all of the mistakes that I made to put it down to so many seconds, speed up certain clips so it doesn't get too slow and then insert the graphics above me. Um, and then thinking also about what graphics are going to be above my head and what people are going to see versus what questions they're going to have when I'm scripting it. Um, you know, I, th I think that something that's uh, most accounts that do this data piece, <laughs> excuse me, that they aren't doing is the video aspect, which is, you know, I look at like that survivor fact checker account and their data is really cool, but I'm like, man, 
if you can make some videos on this, your account would really grow. Like it's it's some pretty cool stuff. And like you were saying, the the confessionals, you know, people have to sit and really look at the data to connect certain pieces together. And that's where the video aspect or like a really good subtitle would come in is to make that connection for people so then they can understand the data. It's it's such a complex thing that I think, you know, nobody's done this in the past. And I think it's because it's so complicated to grow an account with data and storytelling. I could talk about this for hours. I think I've just talked for like five minutes straight on this. Well, I mean, you know, you mentioned a couple things about Mike Renner. Number one, I just saw that he recently left Pro Football Focus after 11 years. No. Yeah, he left. And I don't know if he's going out on his own thing or he put it out there like, hey, I'm I'm available to hire, do some freelance work. But he also is um, back together with Olivia Miller, who was a first night eliminatee on Zach's season. They got back together. Wild. They were dating pre-show. She went on the show at the time that the cast was announced. People were telling me, uh, this girl's dating Mike Renner. And I was like, so I reached out to Mike. I said, you guys dating? He said, no, we broke up about a month ago. She asked me about the show and I told her, yeah, go, go try it. But ever since she got back from filming, she was a, you know, she was gone on the first night. Uh, they have since gotten back together. It's all over their Instagram. They're not trying to hide it or anything, but yeah, he no longer works for pro football focus, but you mentioned the whole statistic thing behind sports. It's absolutely what drives people's interest in sports. Cause when you're at the sports bar or you're in Vegas at the sports book, just talking to fans of sports, how you compare teams, how you compare players. Oh, this guy's better than this guy. Well, based on what? Well, look at this. He averaged this many points. That's all statistics. So it absolutely is a determining factor of how people enjoy sports, consume sports, debate sports, because that's what television is. There's so many sports debate shows out there. And when you see two people debating thing, most of the time to back up your argument, you have to present data and data is sports statistics. And it's, I bring a lot to the table when I do my sports daily every day. Now that I started in January, I like bringing statistics out there that just are, it's like, wow, look at that number. Like, I bet you didn't know that. And it's great. I mean, it, it absolutely is the backbone of sports debate television for sure. Yeah. And I mean, even people like myself, like I, I remember even before I got into the whole Excel world, you know, my boyfriend had been taking me to Celtics games when we had moved to Boston. And I remember like I've always enjoyed numbers. Like I, I enjoyed math and science more in K-12 growing up than I did, you know, literacy and history. But I remember sitting there and I was like, you know, watching the score change between the two teams. And I was like, I want a chart while I watch that shows the, the, the difference between the scores to see, you know, the difference of how often a team is ahead of the other. <laughs> and that's when my boyfriend was like, oh, that's what sports betting websites do. Like you go to Vegas and they have all of these like charts up and everything. And I was like, it's so cool. Like I want an iPad in front of me while I'm watching this game to see all the data and stats on it. And I think that that's a big thing that like my account is bringing is these are the questions that people are asking themselves when they watch, you know, and if it's The Bachelor, I remember on Nick Vial's season, uh, it was a whole storyline the first night about how many women wore red dresses. Well, you can just tune into my account and see immediately how red dresses compares from season to season <laughs> and what dress color the winners typically wear. And you don't have to do that work yourself. It's the same thing as the sports world. Like you want that data, but you don't want to have to do it yourself. 
um, that's kind of where my account comes in and the potential it has for all of these other TV shows. People have these questions and they don't realize it's data analysis. Like they just want to know how often are red dresses worn on the show? What's the most popular color? When do, what color do winners wear? I remember, I remember your winner's dress color post. If I'm, I'm going off the top of my head now because I don't have your thing pulled up, but didn't yellow get one? Who the hell wore yellow? Who was it? Do you remember? Oh, gosh. Uh, if you give me like two seconds, I can pull it up. Yeah. Um, Somebody wore, I think one person wore yellow. I was like, wow, that is random. I think black. Yeah, was, here it is. I think black was the winning color, right? Wasn't black. Um, two people wore yellow. Oh. It was Melissa. Well, Melissa Rycroft, which like, if you want to count her as the winner, yeah. Molly wore purple. I remember and Molly's. then on Matt Matt Grant season, uh, Shane, Shane Shane Lamas yeah. wore yellow. Huh. Um, but what was super funny, and this is also the hard thing about covering this show, um, and luckily I can talk about this on your podcast because a lot of people who follow you are spoiled. Um, we had the photos of uh, what. Uh, Katie wore at Zach's proposal. So here I was making this post. I mean, like yeah. white and black are the most common colors, or I forgot what it was white, black and something else. And I was like, so we'll probably be seeing the winner wearing one of these colors already knowing that Katie wore white. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. What did, um, I already forgot. What did, uh, what did Gabby wear? The Gabby, uh, that finished second was, on Zach's season, not Gabby, Wendy. I, I think it was, I think it was black. Because I'm trying to think, when she got out of the car and she stepped in the mud and did that whole thing, what was she wearing? What color was that? I think it was it black. Crap, I can't. Remember. Um, I just looked. Oh, green. No, no, no. Green was what she wore to the overnights. Um, no, she wore yellow. Oh, she did. Yeah. Oh. Wow. I'm looking at the photo right now of her crying at the final proposal spot. Oh, she wore yellow. Interesting. Yeah. And then she wore black to the after the final rose. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, that dress was stunning. Yeah, I definitely remember that dress. Um, uh, yeah, she looked great on after the final rose. Um, so I wanted to end with this. And this is a story that you told me. You shared it on your Instagram, but I want you to give people the full story behind it. Because um, we only got about eh, 10 minutes left here. Might will end with something uh, before because I know you've got I know you got to run. Tell people about your Breaking Bad experience and what happened in Denver. Oh my gosh, this was crazy. So, um, just a little bit about my personal life. So, my partner and I have been together for eight years, and ever since we started dating, this guy has been trying to get me to watch Breaking Bad. Now, in my early years of college, I dated a guy that I didn't know until the day we broke up was doing, was doing drugs. And then his friends approached me uh, the day I broke up with him and was like, this dude is like selling drugs here at, he was going to a different university than me. And I was, I broke up with him immediately. I was like, I'm so out so quickly. And I've just been like, it's just not me. Like, I just don't like drugs. I don't like drug shows. My boyfriend's been trying to get me to watch this ever since we started dating. And I've just been so like against watching it. And then after my ACL surgery, we were cooped up here, you know, with, you know, COVID surging, flu was surging. He had to take care of me. I couldn't do anything independently for the first few weeks. 
And I felt so bad about him being cooped up that one day I was like, what can I do that's his love language that I'm actually capable of doing right now without moving? <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? Why don't we watch Breaking Bad? And he looked at me with like the biggest eyes and was like, what? And I was like, let's give it a shot. And I got so hooked on the show by the end of the first episode and the first season. We watched the entire show. I think it's four seasons. We watched the whole thing after my surgery. And we finished, I think, uh, March. Was it March? Yeah. And then the next day, we go out to go get drinks. Um, I'm still my knee brace. Like, I just got off of crutches um, a few weeks before. And we go to get drinks at Union Station here in Denver. And no joke, a few minutes after we walk into the bar, who walks in? Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston, the two main actors of the show that I had just seen in the finale that if anybody, I'm not going to spoil it because it's such a great show. Um, I got hooked. It, it's now my number one show I've ever watched. But if you've seen the finale, you know the emotions of seeing these two people the next day. And I walked up to them immediately. They were there for, they were promoting, um, their mezcal brand dos hombres that they had just launched or they launched it recently and they were doing a, a bunch of press things here in denver and they just happened to walk into our bar and i i walked up to them and there were very few people in the bar too like it was not promoted that they were going to be there and i was like i just saw you last night and the first person that i talked to was brian cranston so if you've seen the finale and again i'm not going to spoil it because it's the best show in the world um, as somebody who was so anti-watching it, I think it's so funny that I say that now. But I, I was like, Brian, I just saw you last night, that final scene. And I was like, I can't believe I'm seeing you right now. And, and his eyes lit up because think about it, the show, the the season finale was how many years ago? Like six, seven years ago now? Five years ago? I don't even know. Um, so they don't, I'm assuming, they don't have people walk up to them to be like, I just saw the season finale anymore. And he was like, what do you think? And I got to talk to them. And then I got to talk to Aaron Paul um, before they left. And I, I was like, I just told my followers, like, this is the best show I've ever watched. And he grabs my phone out of my hands. Like, I didn't, I, I was going to take a selfie with him because I obviously took pictures with them. Um, but he grabs the phone out of my hand, goes to the camera, turns it to video mode and puts on his Jesse persona from the show <laughs> and records a video. Like they didn't know who I was. Like I didn't tell them like, oh, I'm Bachelor Data. Like I have this Instagram account. I was like, no, I told my followers how much I love this show. And he recorded this video for my followers. And it was the, honestly, like not to be dramatic, but probably one of the top 10 moments of my life. <laughs> top 10? I thought you were going to say like top three. I didn't. <laughs> I figured it was top you know, 10. <laughs> probably top three. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's a, it's a hell of a story. Like I, I, it's, it's crazy how it happened. I remember you telling me literally one or two days later, um, that, it, that it had happened to you as someone who's never watched breaking bad. I know you want me to watch it. I'm just swamped with shows that I'm already <laughs> behind on currently. And I get know, that. it's, it's just a chore knowing I have to catch up on multiple, uh, seasons, but anyway, um, Susanna, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, your work can be found at Bachelor Data on Instagram, on Pop Culture Data on Instagram, and then you still have Rethink underscore Data, right? Do you still do on that or no? Not as much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Rethink Data on TikTok and Instagram. It has blown okay. up on, on TikTok 
Um, I, I do it while shows aren't actively on. So now that Love is Blind is done, those videos are about to start coming back. And uh, soon I'm going to be launching a course all on just specifically data visualization in Excel. And I'm so excited. Um, it, it's been a blast to really just expand this whole world and also keep, you know, my 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 first and foremost passion has always been teaching. So it's really cool to be able to share this knowledge with people because, you know, I think so many people see my account and they're like, wow, she's using these complex tools or she knows coding languages that data analysts use. And that can't be further from the truth. I don't do SQL. I don't do programming. I just use Excel and Canva and like very basic tools. It's it's not rocket science and anybody can do it. So it's cool to be able to share that knowledge. Well, very cool. You, I love the fact that your stuff has has blown up. You go on all these podcasts now. I'm just a little minion in your world, uh, even though I put you no. on first. <laughs> um, anyway, no, it's it's awesome uh, that your stuff because it's it's such. You know, I basically in my recaps on Tuesday, I'll always include at least one of your posts and just embed it into my column because it's it's so. It provides exactly what people I know are looking for. And, you know, uh, I, I think especially with The Bachelor, there's just so many interesting things that you cover with it. It's not just, hey, here's screen time. You know, there's so many other things that you cover that I've always found to be uh, to interesting. So, again, Susanna, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. And uh, obviously we will be in touch and uh, work on that um, getting out to the party next month or in – June. <laughs> hopefully you can make it we're trying to make it happen we're all right. trying all right no problem um thanks for coming on appreciate it and uh obviously we'll uh we'll be in touch thanks for having me bye thank you so much to susanna for coming on uh her content stuff is unbelievable and just getting bigger and bigger she's being you know featured in time magazine doing interviews with her i mean Compared to when she first came on, it was right when her stuff started blowing up. I remember she had 9,000 followers when she first came on my podcast. And now look at her. Everybody's quoting her. She's doing numerous interviews. It's awesome. I love her content. She'll always be welcome on, on this show. So I hope you love her content as well at Bachelor Data, at Pop Culture Data, and at Rethink underscore Data. Go check that out uh, on Instagram. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. Your daily roundup is up, and your sports daily is also up today. So for Susanna Summers, Bachelor Data, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in, and I will talk to you tomorrow.